Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave of the Dog Trainer podcast episode. What episode are we? 68. 68. We are being joined today by Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. Let's see if we could uh, see if we could pull him up. I should probably put my headphones on, huh? Put the phones on. <laughs> Jeff, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How are you? These are really, really good. Good, good. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you uh, being here. Yeah. So um, this is Josh. This is my co-host here. Hey, Josh. Uh, how are he, you? Uh, good. How are you? He is not a dog trainer. He provides the uh, layman's dog training interpretations of everything that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> dog trainers always mess it up anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> um, awesome. So... Uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of give the people a little bit of information here. So uh, obviously we don't know each other that well, but we've interacted with each other a couple of times. Um, yep. You are a, a fellow Clevelander, I believe. Yeah, Lindhurst, yeah. Lindhurst, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long did you live in Cleveland for again? Until uh, I was 18, so 66 to 18 years after that, yeah. Very cool. And what brought yeah. you to uh, coastal New England from there? Um, I tried out university for a little bit, and uh, um, then I uh started having children and um <laughs> i was there for a while um and i'm actually right now i'm in florida i'm on a working sabbatical in florida so still running the company company's stronger than ever and um but i can work i'm able to work remotely and since i homeschool um um uh i can you know all i need is wi-fi technically yeah. so i work pretty much anywhere in the world at this point yeah and i still i go back to uh Rhode Island once a month. So, um, yeah. but Just, it's, it, the company's running really great with between trainers and admin. So, um, and then working remotely and checking in every week, if not more, yeah. it works out yeah. really well. Yeah. Has that always been kind of a big goal of yours to be able to obviously have the company running like independently so that you can continue to do a lot of the other things that you've done? Yeah. I mean, dog training is, um, like five to maybe tops 10% of my life. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got a lot of other you know, it's not like a dog fanatic, you know, so um, uh, I've never been one to wanted to like do multiple locations. I've never wanted to, you know, do franchises. I've never wanted to um, do anything. I actually, I'm actually not working dogs down here, um, nor do I want to. The only time we'll do that is um, I'm spending a lot of time building up our um, online academy right now. So 20 years of experience, 10,000 dogs. We've seen it all. Um, I've been doing free content since social media existed, actually, even before that, just with, you know, phone calls. Um, and then, um, but now it's time to put longer format, more in-depth <laughs> thoughts on, like, we just were launching a Leech Reactivity one, which goes into a lot of different theory and not just, like, People know me as like, you know, the guy that just corrects dogs, which is sure. again, three, <laughs> three, per, three percent of the training we do. Where, yeah, yeah. You know, an example is, you know, six, six weeks, the dog is with us. It's 80, what, you know, it's 24 hours in a day, 86,400 seconds, yeah. you know, in a day, I would say less than 10 seconds of the dog's experience. Yeah is actually being corrected yeah. um um a whole you know, two a times having a towel getting thrown at them yeah that or whatever <laughs> remote power stem or, or or anything i mean there's you know it could be a squirt ball like yeah, we've actually, yeah sure uh, we've actually found 
dogs <laughs> that blow through a hundred on a remote collar. Squirt bottle a squirt works bo- like a charm. A squirt bottle actually works the best. And yeah. it's just, it's just so funny how squirt bottles are acceptable. Yeah. Um, like we'll use them in public all the time for leash reactivity <laughs> and people are like, Oh, he's training his dog. And it's like, yeah. God forbid we, you know, and somebody even saw you with another tool. It's like yeah. the devil. So, but it's just fine. I mean, sure. It's, it's, it's like none of that bothers us. Um, we have an obligation to the, to the, to the client. We have an obligation to the dog. Yeah. And um, we've got obligations obviously to our staff and we have a job to do. And um, that's all that really, really matters. And all the other nonsense you know, uh, uh, from any outside sources really doesn't, it's, it's never mattered. And I've been continually, I mean, I've gone through a lot of negativity in this industry, um, around the world, actually, it's pretty, there was a couple of years ago where it was pretty interesting and, um, uh, 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 it's never been, you know, okay, great. We're still busy and seminars. The only thing that slowed down seminars was unfortunately, um, COVID. COVID and, yeah. um, but even then we were still doing it, you know, and, but this year I'm actually taking off because I want to spend all my time on literally building up this online Academy because through seminars, 40 to 60 people, um, boarding trains, eight to 10 dogs at a time, mm-hmm. um, consults, I can only do three or four a day online yeah. around, around the world, which is great. Again, I like the online councils because I, I've got people in countries everywhere. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but on, online learning, um, which is becoming big in every category, it's massive. Um, yeah, it's it's actually huge. Yeah. Um, and the technology out there is fantastic. I mean, what we're doing right now is didn't exist when I first started out. Yeah. Probably for the first, uh, I don't know how long it's been around, but maybe for the first at least ten years, maybe not as long. It sure. really wasn't where it was now enable that you can you can talk to have guests from around the world it's crazy and, yeah and it, and it looks and sounds like they're you know if someone was listening to a podcast yeah they wouldn't see us they would just oh they're all sitting in the same room you know yeah. so mm-hmm. um where did so i know when i first started seeing a lot of the online university come up was uh when i first started getting into this like maybe like nine years ago or so i took a couple of online courses through like Learberg, like there yep, were a couple yep. michael exactly. ellis ones a couple forrest mickey ones stuff like that and then um I was I was pretty close with uh, like Tyler Mudo for a little bit, and yep, he started yep. his Consider the Dog, which not yep. it's not really an online course per se, but he's kind of you know pushing it in the same type of manner. Mm-hmm. Where did you get a lot of your inspiration for how you started crafting yours specifically? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you know most we we get easy dogs. We mm-hmm. get we get we get happy go lucky dogs. I mean, we did we just did a puppy course. Sure. Um, we actually we get puppies. It's not our thing, but we have a puppy class and we get puppies and, and we can, you know, get them up to off leash. And there's not really a lot of time spent on correcting other than, you know, nipping, biting, whining, jumping, sure. but that's mm-hmm. really it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, you know, what we did was when you're, when you're constantly um, having people come in for the same problems, which is great, just job security. Um, <laughs> same with your consults. Again, that's job security. That's revenue stream. Um, it is a business, um, but how can we help the most people, the most people? Yep. And when you have an on, and, and then, and then that's through an online course, the biggest stumbling block for me mentally was actually, you know, 50,000 50, pieces of content, 5,000 videos, over 10,000 hours of, you know, podcasts. And I had a radio show before that. Yep. 
it's like it's all been free. Yeah. So true. it's like, do you mean I'm going to be charging people now for stuff? It yeah. Like, for seemingly the same information in yes. our mind. So, you know? but 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 it's like, is it the same? You know, like. Yes and no. I mean, it's you know, more I mean, catered I mean, to the person. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, how to stop? How to stop jumping is a three-second process, and I've got a free video on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. would I make a paid video on that? Probably not. Um, I might add it to like the ten biggest things you need to stop and how. Sure. Like you know that, but because that is a huge issue and people can't stop it. But what we wanted to do was we really wanted to um, go more in depth to um, help people out. You know, there's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of owner shaming out there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, it's the owner's fault. And I'm like, well, you haven't met some of the dogs that we've met. It's like, yeah. you know, there, there are some dogs, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, and I don't think any owner purposely. No, it's not intentional. They just don't I mean, have the information. Like, yeah. I love when my dog gets into dog fights. And I love when my, I love it. I love it. The fact that I can't leave my house because my dog destroys my wall. Sure, like, yeah. You know, I lo- you know what? Buying a new crate every week is sort of fun. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like, I love it when the Amazon truck pulls up, you know, yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a cute driver, you know? So I think, I think that, uh, the, the, the inspiration, um, was again, how can we help the most people cost efficiently? I mean, I, I can't tell you even just yesterday, so I spent a lot of time now online creating videos and doing online consults and then also calling up. I still call up people that are interested in hiring us. And even yesterday, two people that wanted to do just one-on-ones, which yeah. is like, yeah. you know, we just do five one-hour sessions, but, you know, everyone's got a different format. Sure. And I actually sure. said to them, believe it or not, we have a $197 course yeah. Compa- yeah. compared to an $800 in person. Mm-hmm. I actually told them, you know what? You don't need to come to us. Mm-hmm. Just buy this course for one hundred ninety-seven dollars. Yeah, and it's like to me. I, I mean, I, I've always been that kind of person that it's just like, why would why would you drive only spend an hour? You have to remember everything. Probably have multiple questions afterwards when you can just buy this course. It's called Green to Graduate, which is the basic you know um, obedience course. It takes mm-hmm. a dog from literally we used a dog that didn't even know its name to running off leash in the woods with a bomb proof recall. It was beautiful to watch. Um, But, and then if you need help after that, well, you can do a consult, but you're still, you're still like Mm -hmm. $400 away from what you wanted to do. And, you know, and we, and we have some people that are local that are, are, they'll take the course and I'll be like, listen, if that still doesn't work, then come in. They yeah. come in, so it's, but they still have that as a resource. And we've got people that hire us as a boarding train, and they buy the courses just for like that constant reminder to share with their family. And believe it or not, uh, social media would not tell you this, but a ton of dog trainers are are big fans of ours. Yep. And yeah. they actually, while they're working with a client, will recommend our courses mm-hmm. because because they have the same philosophy. It's like they want to help the client. Yeah, that's all. Like, and that, that's what the job. That is the job. Mm-hmm. That is the job. Yeah, it's provide the best possible information. I remember even when Sean came out with his book, how many dog trainers were handing that out with their programs? Yeah, I, and yeah, stuff, we do. You know, we do because it's even not a like. It's even not as much a uh, methodology, dog training tool focused. It's just you know, you know, state of mind and changing the human, educating the educating the human. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Um, 
obviously you just ran through a lot of different topics there. <laughs> um, so okay. no, that's okay. So you can, you can interrupt me at any point. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so, so one of the biggest things, so a lot of our audience that listens to this podcast, I mean, it's split. There's a lot of owners obviously, but we have a lot yep. of like younger, younger trainers, right. Yeah. That listen to this yeah. people just getting started with things, hundred yep. followers on Instagram, stuff like that. And I think yep. one of the things I was most excited to talk to you about is I think you have so much obviously experience in the dog training industry past just the training side of things you've yeah. seen a lot of roadblocks along the way right and i think yeah. that you have like different tiers of trainer obviously people just getting started Absolutely. in things people with a mid-tier amount of knowledge people that have a ton of experience with things mm -hmm. and the difference between all of them really is not can we train the dog because that's the easy part right we all know how to teach right. these dogs how to do these types of things yeah. it's how do you overcome some of the hurdles that you face along the way uh one yeah. thing you brought up right off the rip obviously is like you've faced a ton of controversy, especially in the last like probably like three or four years or so. Well, it's, you know, it's been, it's been going on for I've been doing this for 20 years. So yeah, about yeah. 19, it's about 19 years. It's been it's been going on because I've never backed down. Sure. Um, I absolutely don't think my way is the only way. Sure. Um, I only give out advice that we have done mm -hmm. hundreds, if not thousands of times. So I know it works. Yeah. And then I know it works with the client. See, that's, a, that's another big thing. It's like, like big deal. The dog trainer can train the dog. Of course. Good for you. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I tell, I tell everybody this, like grab the leash and can you duplicate it? Yeah. And yeah. that's why, unfortunately you don't see a lot of trainers. And this is like, I never mentioned trainers. You'll never hear me over 20 years ever mention another trainer. Sure. Um, Cause I just don't, I just don't like that. I just yeah. don't think it's professional. And, yeah. um, um, and I'm also on the end of it. That's not, but I'm on the end of like tons of, yeah. tons of it, but still. So I've often said, you know, why aren't you, why aren't we seeing a lot of go homes? And it's just like, of course the trainer can train the dog. Yeah. That's what we do every day. But can the owner do it now in order for the owner to do it, the trainer has to be a good human coach. Sure. And I think, a lot of people got into dog training for their love of dogs, mm -hmm. which is, which is, which is wonderful. Of it's course. A wonderful calling. But unless you want to just work for a bigger company and just train dogs and have yeah. someone else do the go homes, you better have really good human skills. Mm -hmm. And I think there are different levels of both. I yeah. think, I think there's a lot of, human, a lot of trainers out there that are just really bad with humans. And I think, they've got to really understand that like, that's why the human uh, came to you with their problems yep. because there's no such thing as fixing. Um, mm -hmm. It's if I gave my dogs, and I'm sure you can say the same thing with yours 100%. To, to an uneducated they'd be horrible. order. Yeah. They, they'd call me up in 24 hours yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, <laughs> you know, really? And vice yes. versa, we'll have dogs that go to our seminars. And as soon as I grab the leash, the dog will be like, so I shouldn't do that. I haven't yeah. even done anything yet. <laughs> We're not talking about like a correct word. Yeah, yeah, really I got you. Like, I really think dogs are so intuitive that they're like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. We have plenty of dogs that, you know, try to take our faces off. Sure. But there's a majority of dogs out there that the owner's just like, why isn't my dog doing this? I'm like, believe it or not, mm -hmm. they know they can't. <laughs> why? Who knows? <laughs> because, because, because mother nature is in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like. Yeah, so I think, I think, um, I, th I thought you were going to go down the route, route of like what what difference like 
you know, have you seen personally in, in the 20 years of yourself? But um, no, not necessarily. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the interesting thing is like, so you, I, you know, just from the outside looking in, right, like you kind of get it from two different ends, right? So like you kind of, it seems like some of the controversy comes from both naturally like the force free community and stuff like that. But that I think most of us as balanced dog trainers can kind of wash off to the side and be like, well, fuck them. Like we know they don't, you know what I mean? It's a different arena. It's completely different, but then you kind of also get it from this weird new age of balanced trainers also, where it's like this concept of, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's this concept of like, we're almost trying to prove that we're the nice guys, you yes. know, and go out of our way to be the nice guys while completely <clears throat> throwing out the window the reality of like these tools we use and why they work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we see that. We see it a lot. I think, I think everybody wants to be the nice shot collar trainer. Yeah. And <laughs> it's frustrating. Like, yeah. It's like we use, we use remote collars, but on low levels. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We okay, never go above a 30. It's like, well, no, you, you stop yeah. dog fighting like that. Like, <laughs> like, why don't you just not use the e-collar because the dog doesn't feel the e-collar. Yep. So, so I think that, and I think it could be, and then unfortunately, like I'm not, I don't really care about, well, technically I don't, I don't want to say this. Like, I don't care about anybody, sure. but it's like, <laughs> you know, obviously there's folks that don't, train with the same methodology mm-hmm. that myself and many of many of you know your, you and many of our colleagues do that like I, i'm not really concerned about that other than they're highly organized and loud yeah. and they're doing a great job at it and but <laughs> sure i think i think owners are getting smart yeah i think owners are honestly getting smart and i think they've seen enough video evidence of before and after and they're like why have i been working on this for years and right before my eyes i'm not just seeing the trainer do it, but the owner do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the owner doing a check-in six months later saying, yep, we have a whole totally Good. different yeah. life. And I literally still can't my, walk my dog, you know, in public or go to a coffee shop. And I think, I think owners are getting smart at it. Um, but actually, unfortunately, folks that use the same tools, which doesn't mean the training is the same 100%. Mm-hmm. It's like big deal. I mean, yeah. there's really good surgeons out there and really bad surgeons and they're, they work in the same hospital with the sure. same, you know, the same, you know, surgical team and mm-hmm. um, same with teachers. Um, so I, I think that unfortunately, whenever anything negative comes out on me, there's a lot of folks who jump on that bandwagon because sure. I think if you stay silent or stick up, you now are afraid that you're going to be um, on the end of it. And unfortunately that's what's going on right now in society is that nobody stands up for their stuff or they back down. And one of the things that I will never do, and um, I'm really contemplating knowing that dog training is only a small part of my life is doing a whole nother podcast on like what the heck is going on out there, but I can't mix, but I'm possibly willing to give it all up. Yeah. Just, just for that. Because it's almost like a bigger calling, a bigger purpose. I I think so. I really think so. And I, and I wouldn't, don't be surprised if I start dabbling in that, but um, I, I keep And one advice I give, always give advice. Any dog trainer out there is you want to stay away from all that stuff on your page because Mm -hmm. people don't come to you for that. That's not what they want to hear. They Mm. even believe it or not, as silly as it sounds like I'm from new England and I don't, I don't really follow sports, but like 
be careful about being too sports fanatical <laughs> on your page because people you get crazy over that oh, yeah. stuff. Might, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's like if you're a Red Sox fan, you might piss off a Yankees fan. You know, so yeah. Be careful. Yeah. So, um, you know, the thing that so so. I would say that, you know, over the years, I've been very vocal about, you know, my opinions on certain things and yeah. like, you know, standing behind some of the methods that we use and why we use them and just kind of having this like, I don't know, like natural view of dog training of their dogs. We're people. People come first. And in the end of the day, 100%. if we have to work through these kinds of problems, we have to work these kinds of problems and obviously trying to do it in the fairest possible way. Right. Fair is important. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, a couple of things that um, I, I think about the whole conversation that frustrate me through the process is just that it it becomes so confusing to the average owner. Right. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. I think. And, and that's why I started doing this podcast is to try to help at least talk about these concepts in the best possible way. Having yeah. somebody else that, you know, could could help, uh, you know, articulate those <laughs> points and stuff like that yeah. and help me, people just like navigate some of this confusion. Because I've been yeah. in a lot of different avenues of dog training. You know, I yeah. started off in the sport dog world. Right. And I kind of tried to do that with my clients. And then I went like almost the other polar extreme, you know, and then kind of found my own mix within that. Nice. And especially having... Oh having, you know, a team of trainers that work for me and stuff like that, that's held me accountable to, I have to have, you know, I have to be able to help guide these people and show them how to navigate this kind of stuff, which led me to obviously do it this way. But, um, when I see a lot of these trainers kind of discussing these types of methods, two things kind of go through my head. One, especially with the balance community, we're already on the low end of the totem pole of, you know, people are going to not initially want to go this route with things. They're going to try to go with the more like kind of loud majority with stuff. And if they're going to some of these other balanced dog trainers that are essentially either preaching this like unrealistic expectation of what balanced dog training is, or they're going to these balanced dog trainers that don't have the experience maybe necessary in order to to convey that message unintentionally, it kind of gives us even worse of a name, you know? So so it's kind of hard to navigate that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think, you know, I think it's, number one, I think it's important that the ethics in dog training, as far as like, you should, a, tra a dog trainer should definitely stay within their lane. Sure. And they, it's like, like I admit right away, it's like you got potty problems with your dog. I'm mm -hmm. probably someone, you know, I know how to fix it, but I'm probably sure. like not the one to go to. And um, there's people that literally they work with puppies. They work with housebreaking. They work with, you know, all that stuff. Um, they should probably, you know, they've, they've probably done it with way more dogs than, 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 than me because that's not my specialty. My specialty is stopping unwanted behaviors. Now, we just started a new podcast called Real Talk yeah. uh, with Jeff and Joel because it's an hour-long podcast on like single topics mm -hmm. because not because I want to change people's viewpoint of me but it's because you're only hearing step one. Yeah. You're constantly hearing step one from me which is stop the unwanted behavior. You're not hearing the hundreds of hours of, of dog training that actually goes in after that yep. to get the dog to actually be well-trained for the behavior not to come back and then to educate the owner. So we just we just launched our first episode and we're excited about that. And I think if if a trainer doesn't if it's if a dog is out of their skill set, yeah. they need they need to say it. They need to say it. And um it's okay. It's so different than someone saying to me, like, I want my dog to do a, to do agility. I'm like, well don't don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. I want my dog to do protection work. I'm like, well I can go up to tug 
and yeah. then that's about it. <laughs> you know, and, sure. but 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 I think it's important that the trainers stay in their lane and and again, what's in the best interest of the client? Yeah, and yeah. that that's the biggest biggest thing. But also on the flip side, being honest with the client, saying, you know, that's like I mean, I own a Malinois, and sure. you know, you'll never see a video other than than text like running in the woods or mm-hmm. playing chuck it now in the ocean every morning, which is great because it's in the eighties. <laughs> it's in the eighties down here. Oh, right? oh man. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, but, but you'll never see him doing like obedience work because he's not a competition it looked, dog. It looks yeah. too good. But it's <laughs> sure. like, yeah. even, even, even like he's not this high, highly trained competition dog, but he's just, he's a Malinois yeah, and he sure. loves to work. Uh-huh. He'll do anything for a ball, anything yeah. for a ball. And, I think if I made videos with him doing stuff as like my main videos, I'm sort of saying to somebody, you're genetically possibly, uh, um, uh, what's the right word, you know, flawed dog yeah. that, that, that has no drive, that has no food drive, no yeah. hunt drive, it no can look any like drive. This. It's yeah. nervous, fearful, shut down before it came to us, by the way. Um, uh, it's like, you know, we show up at the scene of the crime. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't create it, you know. Um, it's going to look like that after the training. Yeah. I'm like, it's all, I find it a little bit unethical because yeah. it's not. That's, like, that's the whole concept of these demo dogs just in general. Like, we don't use I mean, demo I, dogs at this point for that reason. Yeah, I can buy it. I can buy a demo dog. Sure. I, I can literally buy a yep. highly trained demo dog, mm-hmm. and I know how to work them. I know how to work a working dog. Um, I, but, but, but it's unethical though. Sure. It's unethical. And yeah. I think it's p- more popular than people think. Um, and I, and I, and I just, I just think also telling a client, this is your dog's limits, but today, mm-hmm. but today, but, but stick to it and you'll get a little bit better. But <clears throat> is your, you know, is your kid biting dog? going to be safe around your kid's birthday party with 20 screaming kids? I yeah. mean, is it, is it even ethical yeah. to, mm. to even tell your client you can try it? Or yeah. Yeah. advice be, you know what, that's a good time to kennel up your dog or put your dog in the backyard mm-hmm. because you don't know. And I would hate to see a child, an innocent child, harmed. So I think it's really, really important that, that there's that honesty with the, the human, with the human. There's there's also where, you know, levels that your dog is at, yeah. what their capabilities are. I mean, you know, I don't want to be I play in the NBA, but let's say I did. Um, I don't care who my coach is. It's not in my genetics. I'm not. And, and play, trust me, I'm not a negative person. Sure. I got a lot of confidence. I'm not playing in the NBA. So. What? Um. So so obviously throughout the course of your 20 years, right, or, or over 20 years, um, I'm sure you've evolved a lot as a trainer. Now, where where do you see the importance sit and where in your career did you really start understanding some of like the actual quote unquote, like science yeah. behind like learning theory and like, yeah. you know, when you're using these e-collars that it really isn't just as simple as just correct the dog and this, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like I see a lot of trainers down, especially with, you know, uh, Instagram and TikTok and how fast yeah. people are blowing up that are talking about using these tools in particular ways that I look at sometimes and I'm like, well, it's not like, actually totally correct what you're saying there and how much do you think that matters in the training process and in the education process yeah so i i I, so when i first got into dog training like a lot of dog trainers i was 
you know, I got a German Shepherd sure. and I literally didn't know anything about dog training. Like a lot of my clients, I think that's why I can relate a lot. Sure. You know, I didn't come out of the womb training dogs. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, my family had dogs since I was a kid, but it's just like, I, like, I didn't do anything. I was in charge of, poop, you know, scooping poop, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't in 4-H. I didn't have this, you know, you know, any skill set at all. So unfortunately, I had a dog that that ended up being human and dog aggressive. And one of the reasons was, number one, I didn't know how to stop it. But number two, I, w- I was going to training, but unfortunately, they didn't believe in a philosophy of, you know, stopping something. And I finally did find someone and their first words out of my mouth as he was being lunged at was um, by my, this by, by this time, by an almost full grown German shepherd mm-hmm. um, was you can say no to your dog, Jeff. And I'm like, that was a news. Like you can, yeah. like I literally, I didn't know this. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know like a lot of clients don't know, you sure. know? So he was old school Yankee crank. Mm-hmm. And in a way I'm glad I learned like that sure. because it does come in handy. Of it course. does come in handy. So I think probably for the first three, four, five years of my career, I was really good at getting dogs to do things. And I think there was a moment that I said, this is working out really great, but I want to get dogs to want to do things. Sure. And I think that was the click when it happened. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I think people would be surprised at how much quote unquote positive reinforcement we do, which yeah. is probably over 90% and how much food we use and how much reward-based training we use. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think because people know us from social media, people don't, they don't, on my, on my podcast, they don't ask me how to do a downstay. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 they don't, they like, how do I stop? How do I stop? How do I stop? Yeah. So we, we give them step one because nobody's talking about step one. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, step two is, Yeah. It's all the reward-based stuff now, but be ready to like, cause we get dogs in that are like two and a half weeks into a boarding train and they're rocking it. And just out of the blue, they'll lunge at your face. Sure. So you, you, you always got to have that skill set of knowing you, you need to be able to go from a split second. You're not going to do that to cool. We're all set. Now let's go back to training again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, really important that you give a dog both sides of the coin and, so then I, I started just, you know, on my own researching, figuring out, trying. I've learned a lot through trial and error, mm-hmm. um, making mistakes, sure. nothing ever horrific, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a great way to learn. Um, there's a lot of things in my life it, it, I, I've learned through just doing it wrong. Because I don't like it, looking at it as a failure. It's just like, well, I guess that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or at least with this dog. Um, uh so I was, I started experimenting with a lot of different, a lot of different things. And, and then with the different dogs we use, hmm, you probably see this. I mean, I like probably over 90% of the training is pretty much, you know, paint press stroke. It keeps step one, step two, sure. step three, but then there's always, and we're seeing them more and more now. There's so much troubleshooting. There's so many nuances yeah. that you need to be really, really creative. So having, as many different skill sets as possible, I think is really, really important. And then also explaining to owners, that's another reason why we show dogs going through the messy middle of mm-hmm. dog training. Number one, a lot of them come in just nervous wrecks, nervous, fearful, anxious wrecks, yeah. you know, yeah. be, you know, but even a lot of dogs that come in quote unquote confident, I'm <clears> like, 
Well, that's like saying a bully is competent and a bully is not competent. The sure. bully has low self-esteem, low self-worth. And, you know, we don't punch dogs in the face, but the first time a bully gets punched in the face, it gets, re- it gets revealed, you yeah, know? Sure. Um, so I, I think it's important that we show the messy middle because if we really want to serve the client right, they're going to see the messy middle too. But we want them to know when you go through the, the, the stages, you're going to end up with a pretty damn awesome dog. Yeah. But if you try to avoid the messy middle, you're going to always most likely be struggling. And we don't want that. We want to be more honest with that. And I don't want to say maybe unfortunately, but not because whenever I get negativity thrown at me, I usually double down on it. Sure. Um, it's like, you're not going to stop me. It's like, you're just <laughs> not, you know, and I've had, trust me, just, yeah. I got a lot thrown mm-hmm. at me and, and, I just think it's important um, that we're transparent because if you just show a dog from going from badly behaved to well-behaved yeah, and think it's some like massive skill set, and there is skill, obviously (laughs) we all have skill set, but it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know Um, I'm not, I'm not a competition dog trainer. I don't do sport dog. I don't Mm -hmm. do working dog. I don't do tracking. I don't do, you know, I'm, I'm a family pet dog trainer and I firmly believe that, even even a highly aggressive dog can still do a three hour down stay at Starbucks while you're outside working on your computer. Now yep. you might want to muzzle it up, maybe, yeah. or you just got to be really proactive. It like no, can't yep. have my dog. Nope, keep your dog away from mine. But I mean, I think, I mean, there's no reason why just about any dog can't have good behavior. Yeah, um, the level of training that's always going to be up and down, just like the intelligence of a human being. Yeah, yeah, I um. I kind of avoided a lot of like online virtual consults and stuff like that for a while. Cause in my mind I was like, I got to work with the dog and I got to see the owner and this and that. Uh, and especially with COVID when everybody was trying to do a lot of virtual consults, we saw a lot of trainers kind of come out of the woodwork doing those. Uh, I still avoided them until I would say in the last like year or so I've been doing a lot more of them. And it's funny, the last guest we had on, I was talking with him, he's from New York and uh, I've been doing a lot more of them and realizing how much more I enjoy them and how much, almost more progress we have been making in like an hour of a virtual consult with somebody than in like a one-on-one class because they understand the attention is on them, right? They understand like you were, you discussed the, uh, the two hour downstay at Starbucks with a human aggressive dog. Like virtually everybody that has a dog that has human aggression issues, if they would just understand you got to stop letting people pet your dog. Like, I mean, like a lot of that would start to dwindle away. Obviously, there's more to it than just that, right? That is is one of the many components. But but and it's arguably one of the biggest one because like we could you know punish the behavior and do this and do that, but if we're not stopping those types of things, you're still fighting that uphill battle, right? So if I could first before I start the training with the person get them to understand so many of those concepts, it's like we're kind of hitting the ground running in a lot of cases. And uh, you were talking earlier about. Um, you know, when you started doing your courses and giving the same information kind of to people and stuff like that, uh, you know, that's why, you know, we have a, 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 obviously a lot of content out on YouTube and social media and stuff like that as well. And half of it stemmed from just getting asked the same question over and over. And it's like, this is easier for me to send you a 10 minute video that I know is, is perfectly curated to give you exactly the information and knowledge you're going to need before you start the training. And we even have on our our website now, like a blog that's just like, before you start training, watch these seven videos and stuff (laughs) just to make the job a little easier. And, and half of these people, whether they train with us or not, they're able to get so much success. And, And that's been the coolest thing that obviously you've seen. And I've seen as well as through these videos, 
finding people I would have never met before that it's like, wow, we're actually able to help these people more than half of the time their their trainer that they may be working with is helping them. I, I think so too. And I think it's like you can spend 10 minutes online with a client explaining how to properly use a clicker. Yeah. 10 minutes online on how to properly hold a leash, 10 minutes online on how to set up a remote collar, mm-hmm. um, 10 minutes online how to you know make and deploy a bonker. Or you can say, this is what you're going to, these are the tools you'll be using, but you know what? Watch these videos for free instead of us spending time online doing it. Mm-hmm. And let's get right to the actual issue. And I firmly believe it's like we all get we all get pretty much asked the same question. Of course, yeah. I mean, there's there's so, only so many unwanted behaviors a dog, you know, does, yeah. and your average your average family only wants certain, you know, certain commands that your mm-hmm. dog wants you to do. So mm-hmm. I think to be successful, I'm sure this is it's not the only way to be successful, but I mean, when you are doing online consults and then you've got videos online to support you you're really helping out a client a lot. And so many people watch their free content. I've never talked to them in the world. I don't even think they've been on a guest on our podcast. I mean, interacted with us on our podcast. They just send me an email thanking me for their dog is awfully trained now. And I'm like, and and I know it went through Google translate, like they're not even English speaking folks. And it's like, wow, you you don't even, you know, and I talk fast and it's like, wow. You were able to figure that out with, <laughs> yeah. with, with yeah. not only with me talking fast, but in, but in English, yeah. you know, so, you know, it's, I think that's very, to me, I get more satisfaction of getting a letter from somebody that we trained and we never talked to for free. Mm-hmm. Then obviously we get great satisfaction about helping our clients. Don't get me wrong. But again, the job is, can you help people or not? Yeah. That's the job. That's yeah. the job. Jeff, do you have um, do you have particular dogs or clients that you could think of over the course of your career that have been like pinnacle dogs? That's like, wow, this particular dog or this particular owner really taught me a valuable lesson. Like, I have a couple I could think of, you know, right. as I started working with them that were just like so essential that I still reference to this day. Um, I mean, <clears throat> believe it or not, the the most challenging dog we've worked with in probably the last 10 years was a eight pound chihuahua. Yep. So not the most dangerous, sure. but the most challenging. Yep. The reason is it was highly aggressive. It bit their owners every day for two years. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but we're, we're really good at stopping biting. Like sure. we can stop biting. We can, so we can stop biting in a day, but it takes us obviously longer to get the dog to not want to bite. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. a difference. There's a difference. So, but the actual act of biting, like, make biting suck and the dog is incentivized to not do it. And, but now to get them to not want to do it and to think of the world differently and to think of, you know, people differently or dogs differently, like that obviously takes a lot of time and a lot of training, a lot of reps, but this dog did not care about any correction. And on the flip side, didn't care about any reward. Mm -hmm. So getting the dog to want to do something and to want to not want to do something was a big challenge. And it bit, everything like literally just getting a slip lead to put it on it's around its neck to take it out for potty that was an attack opening up its kennel that was an attack closing its kennel that was an attack everything was an attack um and i mean this is the kind of dog that that was probably very very challenging 
But at the end, we actually had to extend the boarding train. I mean, this we 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 just pro bono like yeah. we're we're not stopping. We yeah. are not stopping. Sure. They take this dog off leash hiking now. I mean, it's like, and this is a dog that literally they couldn't take out of the house. Mm-hmm. And they literally, when the dog would walk into the room, they would run out of the room. I mean, it's like, it's a chihuahua. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a dog that if it was on the couch, they'd go on another couch. Um, if it was on the bed, it's like, looks like we're not sleeping in the bed tonight. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's like dogs have a lot of, it's like, and you'd be, people would be surprised at this. And it's like, how did this happen? I'm like, well, how do you gain 50 pounds? You know, you sure. gain 10 pounds a year over five years. And how do you lose 50 pounds? You lose 10 pounds a year over five years, you know? So I, I think it just creeps up on most people and they just don't realize it until they're like, holy shit. Yeah. Look at like, how did this all happen? It's the same with relationships. It's the same with, you know, a lot of different things. Um, that dog was, was, we had to get really, really creative yeah. with that, with that dog that didn't, it didn't fit any norm we've ever had to do with traditional or our troubleshooting. We had to like go deep into troubleshooting and we did, we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you say that just, it, when you say that it didn't fit in the mold and stuff like that, like, what do you mean by that? As far as like, can you think of a particular scenario with him that you really needed to come up with a creative solution for? Well, obviously the dog didn't, wouldn't take any reward, even your HVTs, which is, sure. as we know, high value, high value <laughs> treat, um, uh, uh, which we don't, we don't use any acronyms um, uh, at all. Uh, I'm sure people use them against me, but I, that, we don't use them. We don't use, we don't use any acronyms. And then um, I, so we had to find a really creative way to start rewarding the dog because as you know, stopping a behavior is seconds, but now it's time to train the dog, which is mm-hmm. a reward-based system. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really care a physical touch, um, food, a toy. So we had to, you know, the work ended up being the reward and we got it to really enjoy the work. Yep. Um, yep. Correcting, which is obviously how you stop an unwanted behavior, um, it didn't care. I mean, this is a dog that blew through remotes. It, mm-hmm. it didn't care about any anything. So... When you get a dog like that, this is the kind of dog that, that obviously we see this a lot. The most trainers will just be like, call up the owner and say, your dog's not you know, responding yeah. or your dog's too difficult or your dog's too feral or your dog has no food drive, sure. whatever excuse you always hear. And I'm like, well, maybe you lose the ego and just say you don't have the skill set or, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is really important. And we all have egos. I had a humongous one when I first started. Um, that's probably why I got bit. I was working with dogs way above my pay grade. Um, now, ironically, we're working with dogs that are much, much worse and no one's getting bit because yeah. what we've learned and also the safety protocols we implement. Um, so I think that dog, but then it's, it's always important to give the staff a reminder when we get a really bad dog in, which is almost every time. It's like, well, remember that dog that just came, went home that you loved and mm-hmm. were were amazed by. Do you recall that this is how it came in too? Yeah. So I think, but we just had a dog named Felix, who this is probably within the last two months, and it's documented on on, a, on our social media. And this dog was really aggressive. It, it resource guarded the owner. Um, it couldn't go out in public without biting somebody. Um, and it, the dog went after us for a week straight. And that's another thing I don't think people realize that it's like, 
we get dogs in that literally just attack us for opening up the kennel. And it's not because we did something to them or we're going to do something to them. The only thing we're going to do is put a slip lead on it and take it to the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we don't we don't we don't have, you know, guillotine doors. So we have to take every dog out to potty. And and every staff member has to have the ability to do that because mm-hmm. when you have a working kennel and you open up say at seven and you close at eight PM, someone's got to do first call and last call. Yep. And it's not it's not always a trainer. It just might be kennel staff. Yep. So mm-hmm. everybody has to be at least safe with that <laughs> protocol. And I mean, this dog for the first week like every day would attack us every mm-hmm. single day. So meanwhile, you still got to work the dog. Mm-hmm. So, but by the end of the boarding train, obviously it's the same dog, but it was a different dog. Yeah. And when we, there was a video that we put up of this dog at home Depot. Cause we, we go to um, like a Bass Pro Shop or a home Depot often. And the staff was sitting down with three dogs and you know how they've got the outdoor furniture, you know, mm-hmm. displayed. Yeah. And like people are walking by, people are coming up. And even the owner commented that like my dog would have already like lunged <laughs> at all these people. Yeah. And yeah. the dog literally had to, I don't give, you know, I don't give a, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Or you not. could um, say whatever you want. Okay. I don't, I don't, it, it had a, I don't give the fuck attitude. Yeah, yeah. And it also then looked towards the trainer, like, yep. That was the right decision. And the owner is duplicating it because yep. and the owner was obviously, I think, I mean, if I owned a dog that for even six months, let alone a couple of years, every walk was like a war zone, mm-hmm. you know, I probably would stop walking my dog. Oh, of course. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't play, I don't blame, I don't blame an owner. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't walk my dog either. It's mm-hmm. like, like walks are supposed to be fun. And it's like, Fun for the dog. I'm like, no, fun for the human. I'm like, yeah, sure, the dog should enjoy it, but you should be able to drink your morning coffee or talk on the phone sure. or, you know, talk to a friend or not have to be paranoid about every single environmental. And yeah. so, but there's probably been about, oh, I'm sure dozens, but there's been some dogs that were, um, there was a dog named Stanley who is owned by a military family. He um, trained um, helicopter pilots. We have a military base in Rhode Island, so he was stationed there. And he trained trained, um, pilots. And so he's not a soft, like the family was not soft. But they had a dog that they, they, they adopted that spent 23 hours a day lying down on a bed in the other hour of the day when it was outside wanting to get back to the bed. Yeah. And... Every day was Groundhog Day for this dog for the first eight days. Like, we went over this yesterday. It's like, it's a sit. It's a down. It's like simple stuff. Yeah. Why is, like, why are you not retaining this information? And on day eight, this is, so it's been about three or four years since I've been actively training dogs at the, st- at the company. Sure. Because I've got a really great staff. And I wanted them to build them up. So it's like, let them do the work. I'll coach, let them make mistakes. I'll mm-hmm. walk them through it. Obviously, if it's a really challenging dog, I will jump in. I will do maybe the first couple of days just for a level of safety. Um, but on day eight, I just said, you know what, Stanley, today's the day that you realize that you're going to live in my world and I'm not going to live in yours. Yeah. 
and and I and I and I applied a pretty high correction <clears throat> for a pretty simple non-compliance of something we've been working on. Mm-hmm. From that day forward, he was a different dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where I've always believed in correcting high for small things sure. just to get it over with. But from that day on, I was like, why didn't we do this earlier? Sure. Even though it was only mm-hmm. eight days, but but from that day on, he literally did everything that he was learning, but supposedly <laughs> didn't know. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have been paying attention, you know? Yeah. And then again, they ended up moving to San Diego, which is another military base out in San Diego. Um, and they go off leash hiking with this dog. He's social. He's like, he's literally a different dog. Yeah. So I think challenging dogs have always challenging dogs that we've had to troubleshoot have always been pivotal, pivotal, pivotal points in our, sure. in my training philosophy and myself, in my advice I give to other people, why I do the things that I do, because you're going to do it anyway. Why not just do it sooner? Yeah. Um, so it's like it's like nine out of ten times too in those types of cases it kind of reiterates the thing that you already think which is this dog knows what to do typically speaking and it's not doing it and sometimes like like i find myself doing this we just had a situation recently very similar to that um where it's like i try to almost to be nice over complicated a little bit like i think we're all guilty of that at times where it's like i'm sure you're like you know we just got to get a little motivation let's keep just staying persistent with the dog as opposed to you just have to do it right and we had a we had a dog recently that i worked with where it's it's like a 18 week old chihuahua, small little thing, but the owner, and it doesn't really have massive issues, right? It's just a, it's a little right. puppy, right? But right. the owner can't walk the dog on a, the dog won't walk on a leash, right? Mm-hmm. And we spent literally three sessions, three hours with this dog, just a slip lead and food, just trying to get yep, the dog yep. to understand complying to basic leash yep. pressure. And it's like, we just weren't fucking getting anywhere, right? So we had a session like last week and it's like, all right, well, you know, it's, it's a little puppy. I didn't want to put a prong collar on the dog or anything. Right. I didn't think I needed to put a prong collar on the dog. But I put a prong collar on the dog. I, for like five minutes, gave the dog a couple of really firm 180 leash pops with it. Yep. Dog literally walked like a goddamn superstar yep. after that, exactly. after five minutes of a freaking tantrum <laughs> out of it. And it's like, same deal. Like, why didn't, that's what I typically will do with dog session one. Why didn't I just do that session yeah. one? It's like, well, I feel bad because it's a small little chihuahua. Agreed, and it's 100%. like, you know what 100%. I mean? And it's like, but then you look at it and I watched for five minutes how much absolute bullshit and nonsense the dog gave me before it started walking <laughs> perfectly for me. And you wasted, it's, three, you, you wasted three weeks. Wasted right? three weeks with this dog. And in addition to that, I look at that and I'm like, that's the type of behavior, even though this dog is only 18 weeks old right now, that's the kind of behavior that the dog is learning when it doesn't want to do something. It could freak out, throw a tantrum. And again, to your point with the little dog, the little chihuahua you were working with, most owners will let that go so far with the dog because they're so small. And it's like, well, this dog freaking out and biting the leash and trying to nip at my legs and stuff like that isn't that big of a deal because I could just pick it up or whatever. And then, you know, four years down the road, yeah, anytime somebody even goes near the dog, it tries to kill it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I I think like we, we get, we deal with a lot of like dog, they're either killers or they would kill and a lot of, and a lot of human biters. And believe it or not, on day one before we even start yeah like any sort of training before there's i've 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 i've, I've, I've often been quoted and said we don't build <laughs> we don't build relationships sure. with dogs what i mean by that is obviously if a dog is with us for four or six weeks 
we do build a relationship, but it's a working relationship. Of course. It's not the relationship the owner yeah. has. So, but it's a different type of relationship. So on day one, when we get these dogs in, we actually set them up. This is, this is aggression specific. We actually set the, oh, you, you want to go after dogs? Mm-hmm. Great. Well, what do we do? We have, a, we have an airlock system. Mm-hmm. Just like airlock is just obviously like a fence sure. up area. Yeah. And what do we do? Put the dog in it and spread food on the ground and have a bunch of our personal dogs mm-hmm. rush the fence to eat the food. And it's just like there's, there's massive levels of safety because of course you got a yeah. fence, the dog is on a leash. Yeah. You know, it's like all of our dogs would, yeah. they're trained to run away if there's any conflict. And you, well, we know what the dog's going to do. It's going to go nuts. Well, there's a high correction. It's not, nice it's it's not nice to watch i don't i don't think i don't i don't think at least nobody i know any correction is not nice to watch typically i I don't think i don't think (laughs) anybody and i don't think any trainer enjoys it no i just but i think it's like it's no different than like if you broke you know your nose i think don't they have to re-break it again or something like that so (laughs) i think so I, I, i don't think the doctor enjoys it but it just has to get done and i think that like why because the end result is your nose looks your nose looks good. And I think we do that on day one because, and I know the conversation out there is, well, build a relationship first. The problem with that is we also did a test with a dog that was there for a week who also dealt with the same problems. Mm-hmm. We put him in the airlock and we did the exact same process. Mm-hmm. And the dog didn't aggress looked at the trainer and i'm like oh so it's not going to come out today when will it come out yes at some point you're going to see it yeah and i want it to i don't want it i i I don't want it to come out two to three weeks into a boarding train yep when you're not expecting it yeah let's get it over with today no matter how unfair it might sound because it does Mm -hmm. um but but no matter how uncomfortable it might be, no matter how nervous the dog gets afterwards, but it's like, well, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. We got time. We got time now to, now we can concentrate on teaching you all the awesome stuff that we want to teach you. Yeah. But yeah. now we have a massive level of safety that you know the consequence for going after humans. We do the same thing with humans. We have a bunch of humans rush mm-hmm. the airlock. And I've always been a big advocate of, let's expose the weakness in the dog right away mm-hmm. because it's going to come out. You might as well get it over with right now. Sure. And I think it's no different than we, we always compare the work we do. And, and even with rehab of drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. it's, you know, detox is not pretty, you know, it's not pretty, but it's like, before we start, you know, working on keeping you sober, you know, we got to go through detox. Yeah. So, so let's go through that. And it's messy. I mean, you might need four point restraints. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not pretty, but and to the people that work there, they're like, yep, this is the process. Yeah. This is what we do. They know yep, it's for the greater can, good. Yeah. You, you can, you can swear at me and call me whatever you want. And da, 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 <laughs> but guess what? You'll probably thank me at some point. You'll probably mm-hmm. thank me at some point. And I think it's important that, that, that a lot of people are trying to build a relationship first mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not your dog, number one, to build that relationship with. And of course, you want a relationship. Sure. But 
I, I, if I build too good of a relationship with a dog that's not mine, mm-hmm. I might not see the behavior that the owner is seeing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So five minutes after an owner drops off a dog, when it's hot, let's do it then. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and so why do I repeat this, obviously, publicly, um, over and over and again? Because, number one, it works. It works great. And I think it's important for owners to realize, you know what? You got to address it. Let's address it today. Yeah. Let's address it today. At what? So I think to like some younger trainers and stuff that may watch content you put out, may watch content other people put out, you know, talking Mm -hmm. about stopping unwanted behavior, stopping aggression issues, things like that. And also to some owners, I think it can be misconstrued sometimes as like you were saying, you don't fix behaviors, but it can be misconstrued as we're fixing the problem. You know what I mean? Um, you know, especially when dealing with highly dangerous dogs, right? We work with a lot of them also. Uh, and, and there's obviously massive expectations that need to be set with the owner as far as this is what you could expect post board and train. This dog may go home and be absolutely fucking horrendous for you for the first week. You know, you're going to run into hurdles, this, that. When dealing with truly dangerous, like killers of dogs, where do you, do you have a point you draw the line as far as saying this dog probably should be put down? Yeah. So probably it's, un- there was one maybe, um, God, I keep saying two months ago, but it's probably been. Sure six, seven, eight months ago, it was a Roddy. And it, it probably should have never been um, given, you know, the, the shelter should have never let it out the door. Sure. They, they had to have known the problems. Mm-hmm. And on day two of uh, the new owner having it, it put her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a massive resource garter. And it should have never been allowed out the door. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. obviously the the shelter didn't have the balls to put the dog down. Sure. Um, I mean, nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. But there are absolutely dogs out there that should not be, yeah. you know, walking the face of the earth. That's why this whole there's no bad dogs, there's only bad yeah. owners. Is the, it's the biggest line of bullshit I've of ever course. heard. It's, yeah. like, it's like you haven't met the dogs that I've yeah. met. And regardless of why they turn that way or whatever, like once they exactly. exist, they exist, you know, they exist. And I think also, and it put them in the hospital three times in two months mm-hmm. and Oof. it did a total of seven bites and actually bit the husband really bad the day before the boarding train, mm-hmm. um, just for reaching over to hug his wife. Sure. And, and I think, and we worked with that dog and it probably went after us a hundred times. And it got to the point where it, I'm like, there's a difference between dangerous and vicious. Yeah. And when you've got two kids and softer owners, Mm -hmm. I said to them, you deserve a dog that you can do everything you were doing, whether it was right or wrong. And they weren't doing anything dramatically wrong. Yeah that would never do this. And there are dogs sitting in shelters right now that are probably going to end up being put down because they're going to be there for too long Mm -hmm. that, that would love to be your family dog. Of course. And, you know, if you're going to play God, let's do it right. 
And this is a dog that shouldn't be returned because they will adopt it back out. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of unethics in the shelter business. Yep. And shelters mm-hmm. always will be like, I said, trust me, you know it and I know it. The shelter knows it. Um, and that doesn't mean every shelter is bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but there's a majority of them are. Yeah. Um, they're money-making machines. And they don't want, obviously, they're not going to admit it because, you know, because <laughs> sure. of a PR thing. Um, so there are dogs that shouldn't be adopted out. So I yeah. think it used to be about one a year. Yeah, I would have to have a. I think that's another obligation for a trainer. Not every trainer. If a trainer's not yes. used to working with aggressive dogs, they should absolutely not be giving that advice. Yeah, you know, because we we get a lot of dogs that were suggested to be put down. That like I'm like, yeah, that your are dog's fine. one. Yeah. Your dog's one correction away from being pretty awesome, yeah. and they are yeah. all they the time. Are. All the time. Um, and there's also dogs that are like, okay, well, it takes the full whatever six weeks, or at least now your dog is manageable. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I think it's important for, for folks to understand, at least the impression that a lot of folks have on us, which is not whether they want to have it on us or not, I really don't, I don't care, obviously. Um, um, we want dogs to actually make better decisions on their own. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so there are dogs out there that do need a higher level of management. That might be maybe not for you or me, but mm-hmm. for, for a dog owner. And, 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 and I don't have a problem with that. I actually, I don't have a problem with sure. that. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, but we, and we know that it's happening because we'll see a dog aggressive dog. We'll put them in social. We'll stand off to the side. So we're not like directly with them anymore. Like they've mm-hmm. gone past that stage and we'll see when they're uncomfortable they walk away from the situation without any prompting from us. Yep. So it's like, Oh, you did learn how to make a better choice. Yes. And it's not like they looked at us first. It's not like they were afraid of a consequence. They just like, I'm not supposed to do this. I'll move away. Yeah. So because the consequences already happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that we are definitely getting dogs to make better choices and the cool thing about that is, is the shrapnel effect, meaning a lot of times there's the whack-a-mole effect and the shrapnel <laughs> effect. So the shrapnel effect is when you stop one or two unwanted behaviors, a lot of that goes across the board and like, wow, I didn't even work on that. Yeah. And that's getting but it's better. better. Yeah. And then you've got the whack-a-mole <laughs> effect where you've got these dogs that are like, stop this, this stop comes this. up, stop this, this comes <laughs> up. Thing popped yeah. up. Yeah. Stop this, and a new thing popped up. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> that's funny. And there's, and, there's, and there's ways to fix both. There's ways yeah. to fix both. I think, I uh, really like, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, you know, just, just per that conversation about, like, when you're dealing with the more serious dogs, it's, it's such a delicate conversation, because like you were saying, like, there's so many trainers out there that do take it upon themselves to make these decisions and tell people to put their dog down, right? And it's like, whether it's accurate or not, I feel like because I've seen so much of that, I'm, I'm so shy to like, for a while I used to say like, I don't even, you know, it's not my job to tell an owner to put their dog down. And I still, to some extent believe that because there's people I've met that have dogs that I've looked at and been like, this dog is really, really dangerous and probably should be, but they want to keep the dog right. And they keep it. And the dog lives out the rest of its life successfully and doesn't hurt anybody. And it's all fine. My big stipulations have always been like, 
if a dog is in a shelter system and doesn't have a home and it's biting people, why would you put the resources into trying to home them? Just period, right? That's, that's one of them that I've had a pretty firm stance on. The, Correct. The other one is when we're dealing with a dog that is handler aggressive to the people in the house and there are young children involved. Mm. You know, it's, it's like, why would you as a, is a, you know, and this might even be unfair of me to say, I don't know, but I don't, I can't understand and comprehend why somebody as a parent would put their child at risk of serious injury around a dog like that. And I'm not a parent, so you could speak on that obviously way more than I can, I'm sure. But yeah, so I think, first of all, on an online consult, only once in my 20 years have I agreed with it a couple sure. they wanted to put their dog down. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Didn't yeah, suggest, yeah, yeah. but ag- agreed. Yep. They were in Iowa, nothing against Iowa. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Iowa. But there was, there was the middle of nowhere. There was no trainers that I even knew in that area. Yeah. They had yeah. no, they had no money. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant. The dog bit them every day. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can pro bono, a born and trained because they were in Iowa yep. and I'm in, I'm in Rhode Island. My, even if I did pro bono consults, it wouldn't be enough. Yeah. The dog needed rehab. And I said, well, what have you thought about doing? Well, they're like, well, we both talked about putting the dog down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you did, I, that's your private decision. Yeah. And it's probably the right decision. Yep. Because and a lot of people struggle with that because they're like, well, they should have turned it over to a shelter. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how that works. Yeah. And then is it ethical to do that? And Pass to that go responsibility. To family yeah. and well, finding a new home. So even though I work with aggressive dogs all day long, I personally don't want to own any. Sure. Um, I'm not interested in that. Yep. So um, I'm looking for a new dog right now, um, uh, probably a one year old and older. I would probably do maybe a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care if it's trained or not because training is easy. I just want to know its behavior. Yeah. And because I need it to fit in with my pack and be around children and live safely mm-hmm. um, and not have to worry about anything. Training is easy. It's like, so, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, you should adopt. And I'm like, if you can find me a German shepherd mm-hmm. in the shelter system, that's genetically not flawed, yeah. <laughs> physically not flawed. <laughs> let me know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> let let yeah. me know. And then will the shelter system adopt the dog to me? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, abusive Jeff Gelman. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, so, you know, I, I think that's why I buy dogs. Yeah. that I want and I get a lot of shit for it but it's like well I want a certain dog yeah so I will now it's hard to import the rates are astronomical yeah it, to just to just to bring them in it's not even the price of the dog anymore mm-hmm. um but but I think I've got no like that's why I also have this adopt don't shop which pisses off people I'm sorry yeah I have a I have a problem with that because mm-hmm. um I, I'm a big advocate of like, if that's what you want to do, yep. do it. 100%. If you want to get, get a dog from a breeder, do it. Yep. If you want to get a dog from a backyard breeder, do it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, that's not my agenda. Yeah. That's not my agenda. We're here to train. My, ag yeah. my agenda is training and rehab. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care where you got the dog from. Um, the only thing I ever give advice on is please stop getting two puppies from not even the same litter, yeah. but just two puppies around the same age yeah. at once. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you got them from like one from California, one from Florida, yeah. but they're both, but they're both, you know, 14 weeks old because yeah. it, it is really hard to train one puppy, you know, let alone two. Yeah. But other than that, I just, I, I stay out. I just stay out of the. It's not my business. It's not my business. Mm -hmm. You know, um, right before, you know, I yell and scream, please don't get a Christmas puppy. Please don't get a Christmas puppy. Please don't get a Christmas puppy. And when you call me in February, and everybody gets a Christmas puppy. <laughs> I, I'm like, cool, I'll help you. Yeah. So it's like, it's not going to be like, you know, you're punished you for doing one. what I told you not to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It's like, well, now you need my help. That's my job. Sure. But, but my job also is to give you advice before you make a decision. Yeah. So um, I'm also a big thing about like, you know, a Malinois is not a, a, a good family pet dog. Sure. You know, um, a lot of high drive dogs yeah. are not yeah. good family pet dogs for, mm -hmm. for people that don't know how to, you know, work with a high drive dog. I mean, yeah. frankly, if you, if you're going to own a Malinois, you should have a skill set of at least basic training. Yep. Like at least you should be able to get that dog fully at least on leash trained. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know how to do on leash training, what are you doing with all these high drive dogs? Yeah. Because yeah. Um, it's like, like that should be, that should be a given out mm -hmm. there. And so I, obviously I, I, I opened myself up to a lot of targets controversy, but I also think that these are important conversations to have, yeah. but nobody wants to have them. Mm -hmm. And um, because they're afraid of the pushback. Yeah. Um, I do a ton of consults with a ton of dog trainers on how to deal with hate mm -hmm. um, because I've got it down to a science. Yep. I've got it down to a science. So yeah. um, and it's to be expected. And I think, unfortunately, with that hate, it's keeping it's actually stopping some dog trainers from working. Yep. Um, but it's also keeping dog trainers quiet yes which is the goal which is the goal mm -hmm. um and it's also keeping dog trainers from putting out videos which unfortunately is a disservice to people that are struggling 100%. so so i think the more people that put out videos and learn how to deal with the pushback and i what i find is when you do that it stops yeah it stops 100 uh, yeah. yeah yeah we you know we recently um mm -hmm. What was it maybe three months ago four months ago yeah had an absolute onslaught of whatever force free community this that just blowing yeah. up our page over uh we stopped a, a highly aggressive rottweiler with a bonker right and yeah. same deal we know the bonker obviously is the most awful it's, tool it's, on the face of the planet it's, it's you so, know it's so weird it's, it's so it's, insane it's so insane but um you know, it, it, it was so interesting. We did a we did a whole podcast episode on it where we kind of just talked about <clears> it and talked about obviously the bonker because it's a tool that a lot of people don't talk about because of how much hate there is right. on it. Obviously, we talked right. about why people hate it so much. We talked about why people are commenting these things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, it did ultimately 
just stop, right? Like they realized like it wasn't going to work. But luckily we were in a position where we had enough of a platform and right. enough of respect established from our clients and from our fans and this and that. It didn't affect us. You know what I mean? I feel for the younger dog trainers yes. that are just starting where, again, we got 8,000 followers. You got 40,000 followers, this, that, whatever. People that have 100 followers and are just trying to make a name for themselves and they got 100 people commenting on their page telling them how awful they are. It's like... Right. That it's that's hard. what yeah. that's what uh, that's what I feel for most of the mm-hmm. time in these types of situations mm-hmm. because and I was actually going to ask you this like I, you know the, the old saying of like you know no publicity is bad publicity and stuff yeah, like that I, I don't, like I mean I can I can I can <laughs> when, 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 when I write my book about yeah you know there's so much that I haven't even talked about publicly sure you know um, that that happened mm-hmm. um, but well, I mean people I mean it was it was bad yeah it was bad when, mm-hmm. You know, we had to hire armed guards outside our house, yeah. outside our yeah. business. Was that around the time that video, somebody posted that, like, it was YouTube video or something like yeah, that that was, like, four been, minutes there's long? Been, there's been, a, there's been a, a ton of videos out there, yeah. highly edited videos. Sure. And this is what the funny thing is. It's all taken from our videos that we publish. It's yeah. like, yeah. these are our videos. Yes. Like, like, we put it out there. <laughs> yep. It's just yeah. like, you know, when you edit it down to, an audit, when the narrative <clears throat> yeah. is out of context, it does look horrific. Of course, um, yeah. But I think um, there's something called social media equity, sure. and I think when you're when you're first starting out, I always advise that you should be putting out a ton of helpful content, sure. a ton of helpful content that that helps build no like and trust. And once you've done that and you've established that, now you can really start talking about okay, now you've trained your dog, yep, and you're struggling with this let's talk about stopping these behaviors. And I think it's um, important that you, you follow that yeah. because if you, if you go in and you know, your third video is, you know, you bonking a dog, bonking or, a dog yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or firm remote collar, you know, uh, you know, corrections. I think, you know what, sure. it, you need a bit, you need to build social media equity first. Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah. I think, I think that's really, really important. So, um, I mean, there's, there, there's, there's a way, there's a way to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but the, the whole bonker thing, I find it, uh, even it's kind even of baffling. I mean, it's, 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 there, there, there are trainers out there that are, that are using, you know, double bosses on yeah. dogs. Cause mm-hmm. some dogs like the dog will always tell you what the correction needs to be. Not us. Know. The dog, the dog tells you, I mean, we have dogs that blow through a double boss, which which does not feel good. Nope. Um, but 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 they crumble with a water bottle. Yeah. It's like yep. it's just a water bottle. Mm-hmm. But it's like but but it's not up to us to decide. hundred percent. Dog. But you know a cotton towel. I think the biggest issue that people have with a cotton towel is you're hitting your yes. dog. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that's one way to look at it. Sure. But. I don't know about your dogs, but mine, when they're playing Chuck it, have run into trees before, yeah. you know? Yep. So, you know, my dogs, <laughs> yeah. one of my dogs who's no longer with me was trained to deploy out of vehicles and yeah. deploy into vehicles. And unfortunately she tried to deploy out the front window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she really no. cracked my front window of my RV. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know about that. I don't know about anybody yeah. else, but that had her hurt a hell of a lot more than a bonker did. You know? yeah. And she was fine. She's yeah. just like, okay, well, that didn't, I, that didn't work, you know. Yeah. So I think, I think that the bonker is probably. I can actually say, after working with so many dogs over the years, 
it's probably the best bad behavior stopper. It's, it's unbelievable. It truly is yeah, unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. As well as as well as the best de arouser, which is yep. important because when you've got a when you've got a a a dog that's like on coke, yep. you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like out of control. Like it's you can't train. There's no. like there's no training that we can do. So we need to like we need <clears> to get this arousal out of you which will not destroy its drive, by the way, um, before we can actually start educating you. Um, and it's like, we need to, it's like teacher, quiet down the classroom, get the kids to sit in their seats and pay attention before you actually start the lessons yeah. because yeah. no learning is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and last point on that, and then I know you got to go, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, I think one thing with the bonker in particular as we've implemented is is I have, because of a lot of the controversy, I use it a lot, but I'm very shy about talking about using it, at least until no. recently, you know? Recently, yeah. it's kind of like because we I get we've, it. I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. so my big thing is I want to make sure, especially with my client, like recommending it online, something like that, that's a different story. I don't care about that. But actually using it with the dog in front of the owner, I just try to make sure that I have as solid of a relationship with that person as I can first, where they trust me enough to know I'm not yeah. going to do anything to hurt their dog. Because yes, like yeah. you were saying, it is a tool that doesn't look nice. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, frankly, it can be a, a completely excessive correction in some situations, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think I remember at one point at, at Gary Wilk's seminar, he was working with uh, some little dog, and the girl just wanted to get the dog to hold a downstay. And the dog, like, got up from a downstay, and he just bonked the shit out of this dog. And I could tell, like, in the girl's <laughs> face, she was like, did we really need to do that? <laughs> and it's like, whatever. You know, like, did he hurt the dog? No, the dog is fine, obviously. Yeah. But in some cases, it can be a little excessive. So I try to just be empathetic about how it yeah. looks so that I don't come across as this guy that just enjoys doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, it's funny because, you know, after 250 seminars around the world, sure. you know, which, by the way, I'm not, I am not banned from any country. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I could go where everybody else could go. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, because travel is restricted in a lot of places right now. Um, but I, I think, you know, most people come to me at these seminars. They're, they are, they are called, by the way, problem-solving seminars. Sure. So it's like every seminar has like, you know, you know, a theme to it usually. You yeah. know, um, so most people that come there, they all know what I do. That's why they're there. That's why they paid the money. Um, everybody has seen our stuff. They're all followers. They actually came there to learn how to properly apply a correction because they have no problem doing it. Sure. They just want to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And which is because there actually is a proper way, just sure. like there's a proper way to, you know, to, to use a clicker. There's a proper, like, and I've seen clicker training in horrific examples of it. And I think I talk about it very, very freely. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always talked to, and I've always, that's one of the things I've always been is very, very transparent because the way I like to look at things is it's going to happen anyway. Let's, if you don't like what I do, let's not waste any time by hiring me. Let's just figure it out right now. Mm -hmm. And, and I have no problem with that. It's like most people just want to know what mm -hmm. to do by the time folks get to us. They're like, I'm prepared for everything. Yeah. I've seen enough of your content. I've seen the results. And I think it's delivered from myself and my staff in a way that 
is open. I think that goes back to human skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. human skills. empathy behind it. And you've, you know, yeah. again, going back to like you've built the social media equity, like you described, right? Like people trust you going into it where, you know, again, one of my trainers who is a, a, a newer trainer, this or that, mm. you know, they're the client coming in isn't going to have that pre-established trust. They have it because they're associated with the company, right? Correct. But they have to try a little bit harder, obviously, in order to gain that equity with them before they go about doing certain things sometimes. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really important. I think we, you know, again, we are in the human business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important for dog trainers to understand. Of course, we have to train the dogs. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but we are in the, we are in the human business now. Yeah. I've always said, if I was going to a brain surgeon, I really don't care what your bed t- bedside manners like. <laughs> right? sure. But if I was going to like my general, you know, practitioner, it's like that. You know that. You know that. That's yeah, important. Got to have a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, Jeff, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that was great. So, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks no for having problem. Me on. I appreciate uh, it. So, so obviously I know you're pushing really hard the courses and stuff like that. Is there anywhere in particular, you obviously just social media, stuff like that. You want people to find you? I mean, I mean, if you just go to our main website, which is solid canine training letter K numeric nine, solid canine training.com. It's everything is on. That's the portal for like all of our Instagram, our Patreon channel, our, our, our Facebook, um, and then obviously when they scroll down, the Academy is on there as well. And that's just growing and growing and growing. And, um, and then we've got a couple of, there's one new podcast that we just launched. We'll be doing that every week. Um, so, um, there's just a lot of great things that are, that, that are happening, um, on a consistent basis. So just going to the website is a good, is a, is a good way to start. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. Enjoy Florida. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, oh, trust me. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> Good talking to you. Take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks yeah. for having me. Have a great on. day. That was a good one. That was great. That was great. Hour and 21 minutes. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. I ain't got nothing else to say. Nope. Check out Jeff, uh, Solid Canine Training. A wealth of, I like, Je- man talks a lot. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. He's got a wealth of knowledge. You just got to poke through it and get yeah. it out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I too. Appreciate having you on, Jeff.